Everything you know and have read about leadership development is about to be turned upside down. Leadership is a skilled profession. It requires discipline, the practice of specific principles. Leadership isn't about attaining power. It is about achieving the ultimate results of performance and productivity. Join us and learn about the influences, the sequences, and the consequences of leadership on the ground. This special edition series is made possible by Leadership Rigor, leading yourself, teams, and organizations. And now, here are your hosts, Erica Peetler and Todd Schnick. Good afternoon and welcome back to episode five of the special edition leadership series, Leadership on the Ground. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Erica Peetler, the author of Leadership Rigor. Hello, Erica. How are you? Hello, Todd. I am good. How are you? I'm wondering how you're going to blow my mind today. Uh, We have talked about uh, altitude and sequencing and emotional intelligence, and you're completely changing how I think and how I approach leadership, which I think is the whole point of our (laughs) conversation here. And I think today's conversation in today's modern age is going to be a very, very critical conversation and going to open a lot of minds as to a different approach to how they can be a leader. But uh, we're going to talk about style of versatility. But before we do that, uh, remind the audience about the importance of Leadership on the Ground. What's it all about? Yeah, Leadership on the Ground. We are having an ongoing conversation about the output of performance and productivity. That is what we're looking to uh, to have here. And the conversation is, what do we have to have some conscious discipline around? And we've covered it, as you've said, altitude and sequencing. We're into the practice mode. There are things we have to be able to practice. Emotional intelligence is one of those things. And today I'm very excited to talk about what we have to practice and what we have to know about in the world of style versatility. Well, one of my favorite shows is Mad Men, and I look at how the business environment worked and operated then, and I look about how it operates now. It's radically different, and there's a lot of different impacts, a lot of things impacting how business does. What is so important about business today? Uh, You know, that's a great question. And Mad Men is a great way to think about it because back in that day, we were thinking about the challenge of gender diversity, right? Mm. Women were finding their voice in the workplace and they were getting into uh, leadership positions and different things. So you fast forward to today and you look at the business environment and you go, oh my God, this is even more complicated, right? Because we now know so much more about hardwiring personalities. What's your MBTI? What's your DISC? There are four generations in the workplace. People have different needs and different communications that they've made about things that they want in their workplace. So today's leaders need to be not only on top of their game, like we say, as a skilled profession in leadership, but they have to have the capability of dealing with a diverse population and be able to inspire them, influence them, and engage them on the ground. But building upon episode four, where we talked about emotional intelligence, doesn't that help with this? Because if you're focused on communication, you're focused on building relationships and recognizing that business life is messy and service to others and all these things we've talked about in episodes one, two, three, and four, boy, it almost sets you up to be versatile with your style. I think it does. And I think this is a great place for us to spend a little time helping leaders to understand what they need because style versatility is great. But most of us have grown up, if you're a baby boomer or a millennial, everyone is a nail and I'm a hammer, right? You know, we love being able to direct people. We love being able to tell people what to do. Well, the one thing that we really need to come to terms with is there are a variety of coaching styles. There are six interpersonal styles and directing 
is good. It's great to teach people and help them understand things, but we really need to use that selectively and we need to have a broader toolbox. So let me just tell you six leadership styles. I want our audience out there to understand that to really practice on the ground skill-based leadership, you need to understand when and how to use directing as a style. You need to know when and how to move into a coaching style. What is the affiliative leadership style and how do I use it? What is participative leadership? When do I use a pace-setting leadership style? And what is visionary leadership? And only when you kind of understand what your toolbox options look like, can you then start to put it on the ground and use it at the right time in the right place. But it's almost overwhelming to think about that. How am I going to do that? Yeah, it's, (laughs) you know, and this is why leadership on the ground and performance and productivity, why do some teams reach high performance levels? Why do some organizations reach high performance levels? Why are some agile learners able to really advance their careers? Because they put in the time, they put in the work, and they're curious about it. So for those listeners out there right now that are curious and want to say, hey, I want to understand this, that's what we're interested in. For those that really say, ah, that's that soft stuff again, that's that emotional intelligence. I got a day job. I got to get to the office and I got to get stuff done. Those are the people that more often than not are going to find extreme limitations in their careers sooner than they think. But I think what you said there is very key. Curiosity is a critical trait of a leader. So when we look at these different styles, there are different times and different ways that you would use them. So if I just said and put you on the spot here, Todd, and said the difference between directing and coaching, I mean, what comes to mind when I say that? Hmm. When I think of directing, I'm thinking almost of ordering and barking orders. <laughs> when I think of coaching, you know, we talked about service to others. I see coaching as a serve, as a way to serve. Yeah, it's a great answer. Directing is telling and telling and teaching is a way to tell people what to do and how to do it, which doesn't really help them get up that do manage lead curve, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't want to keep them down there for too long. Coaching is really about asking questions, being a little bit more diagnostic about where and how we can help them and how their performance may need some adjustment and what we can do to help and not overburdening them, giving them some space to come up with some of the answers. You know, one of the things that I say is, hey, listen, when you're coaching, you're asking questions and you're doing a lot of listening. If you're doing a lot of talking, chances are you're probably not doing a lot of coaching. Well, I'm thinking about some recent interactions and I'm recognizing that I've done a little bit too much directing myself. All right, Erica and I will return after this quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpeedler.com. 
All right, Todd Schneck back with Erica Peetler and Leadership on the Ground. So Erica, at the end of that last segment, you talked about directing and coaching a bit. What are some other styles that we need to be aware of? Yeah, so there's four other styles. So we had, as we said, directing, we have the coaching. And by the way, just to make a quick distinction, I talk to a lot of leaders and I feel like sometimes there's a lack of awareness. Spending time with an employee, a direct report, does not constitute using a particular leadership style just because you sat there with them. I want people to know that you want to be conscious about this. Back to that emotional intelligence. Am I self-aware? Am I self-managing? Am I consciously competent about understanding what's happening in this room and which leadership style might I choose to use? So someone doesn't know something, I may have to give them some direction, help them out. Someone is on their way to doing things and they're stuck. I may need to coach them. The next style I want to introduce to everyone is called the affiliative style. The affiliative style is a way to really connect and build a relationship with your direct report, with your team member. It's really showing empathy and compassion and understanding where they're coming from, right? So you really connect with them and you say, you know, I know how you feel. I feel the same way. That's a challenge that I've gone through. But one of the trappings here is that sometimes people are afraid to affiliate because they're afraid they're going to go down into this drama and down into this hole and they're not going to be able to get out of it. And it may become a frustration session or a complaining session. And they really worry about kind of getting bogged down in that. So I always tell people, hey, there's two pieces to having an affiliative style. You want to connect with someone. You want to have compassion and empathy. There are tough things that we're dealing with in business and they're emotional, but then you want to take them somewhere. So maybe a colleague, unfortunately, was not doing the role that they needed to in the company and they got a poor performance review. They were asked to leave. Hey, that's disheartening. And that's something that is disappointing because we care about the people that we work with. So we can share in that compassion and that empathy for having lost a great colleague. But also that colleague has an opportunity now maybe to be in a role or be in a job that they can do better at and they can have more fulfillment in. And the organization may have an opportunity also to put someone in a role who can do something at a different level for that organization. So being able to understand its affiliate, but then go to that opportunity, go to that next place, that optimism is a really important part of the affiliative uh, leadership style. The next leadership style is participative. Oftentimes, Todd will find that when leader is in the room, what the leader thinks is what everybody moves into action with, right? It's like, hey, what does Todd mm-hmm. think? All right, Todd said that. So that's what we're going to do. So the participative style says the leader's not going to put their energy out there or their decision out there too early. They're going to facilitate some questions. They're going to engage the group. They're going to see what the group has to say. And then maybe they'll weigh in at the end or maybe they'll put their point of view out there. But they do a really good job of that self-management and really trying to socialize an idea and get other people to have input before they go. Well, this goes back to that way in, buy in, and then commitment. Yeah, you know, and it's getting the conversation going. One of the styles that I want to advise our listeners to just be really careful about is the style called pace setting. Pace setting leaders, they have a big goal, then they have another big goal, then five minutes later, we have another big goal. It's kind of like that carrot keeps moving. I can't I've touch had some it. I've of those leaders. <laughs> I've been that leader. <laughs> you know, and I think the tough part is once you have a pace setting style, it's kind of like you're a serial pace setter, mm-hmm. right? So you got to let people celebrate. You got to stop and you got to let people have a breather. And I often say to people who love that continuous goal setting, pace setting style, bolt on another style in front coach and then pace set or affiliate and then pace it. Don't go right into that next goal. And here's what I want you to do. It just wears people out and it just makes people think, God, it's never good enough. Erica's expectations are always so high. We can never achieve them. So pace setting is one thing that you, you really want to do sparingly and you want to understand how you can blend some styles together well, and not just The blending of these is where the real magic happens, right? Because I'm imagining the leader who's listening to this who says, boy, I'm that pace setter. Mm-hmm. 
And I thought I was doing the right thing by mm-hmm. driving enthusiasm and ideas. And as you said, blending that in the, in the right, probably there's even some value of sequencing and some of that. But the blending of these styles, now I get the real power of this style versatility and the impact that that can have. You know, speaking of impact, I've heard you say that leaders have to own their impact. I suspect there's a negative impact if you use the wrong style. Yeah, that's actually great. I'm going to build on what you just said. Pace setting, I thought I was doing the right thing. Well, if the individual that you're working with is an achievement-oriented person, right, motivated by, and we all have our hard-wiring motivations, if you're motivated by achievement, a pace-setting leader could be great. It's like, all right, what are we tackling next? But if I'm a recognition-motivated person and you keep pace-setting me and you don't affiliate with me and you don't tell me what a great job I'm doing or you don't like really listen to what's important to me, you're going to demotivate me. So these styles are really, really important to understand not only what the style is, but who is the individual on the other side of that conversation that I'm talking to? And I often tell leaders, I'm like, we need to understand the difference between motivation and inspiration. When we are working with people, we want to set the conditions for their success. Setting the conditions for their success understands their hardwiring and their motivation and allows us to select a leadership style that's going to inspire them. So we want to be really, really careful about that. Am I correct in believing that if I have the style versatility or I'm able to blend leadership styles, is that what gives me the ability to shift from do, manage, to lead? Is that what helps me get through that progressive mindset model from bevel to inflection to crest? I mean, the blending seems to me that's the engine that makes that progression work. Yeah, and you, I mean, you can't just be a one-trick pony, right? And uh, if you are a serial pace setter, chances are you're probably in some do, right? You know, But if you get into participative and affiliative and coaching, you're into that managing. So let's talk about at that level, when you're in the leading mode, that's when that last style comes into play, which is visionary leadership. Where are we going? How are we going to get there? And the visionary leadership style has two parts too. The greatest leaders are not only telling us where we're going and how we get there, but they put us in the picture and they say, and this is what it's going to feel like, and this is what it's going to look like, and here's what's going to happen when we get there. So it's inspiring and it's motivating. But you're absolutely right. Do manage lead, sequence. These all come together. I I want people to start to think about some of these things as Lego pieces. Mm. You know, you can kind of build them, you can play with them, and the more comfortable you become with them, the better leader you're going to be on the ground because you're going to have this really rich toolbox that you can choose from. And this is probably an obvious answer to my question, but I suspect style versatility has an impact both on teams as well as the organization. Oh, yeah. It's total. I mean, it's going to affect culture. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. it's going to affect the teams. And in terms of, you know, as you mentioned before, you know, leaders owning their impact and the impact that leaders have, you know, you set an environmental context. So if I walk into a room and I say, hey, listen, I really care about what you guys think and I want to really listen to some of your ideas. That participative style creates an environment. If I come in and I say, okay, next 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, here's the goal. Here's what we got to do. Boom, boom, boom. No discussion. That's a completely different environment. So we really need to think about where do we want to have people come out in terms of what their feelings are and what their motivations are. And are we setting the conditions for inspiration and engagement so that they can go out there on the ground and do what we need them to do in terms of performance and productivity? All right. Well, audience, if you're like me, this is beginning to really come together and um, have a whole different perspective on leadership and leadership development. So that's all the time we have for today. We'll return soon with episode six, where we're going to talk about how to become a facilitator of progress. So on behalf of my colleague, Erica Peetler, I'm Todd Schnick. Leadership on the Ground will return next week. We'll see you then.